and thank you for joining me today on Loyal World Info. Another day of the global spinning, another day of global news to digest. I offer a sane, rational voice for an insane, rational time. I will be your host, but first, let me share a little bit about me. I look forward to waking up to the international news like a child opening a Christmas present. I never know how I will act or activities I will do until after I unwrap my present. In the news case, what will I learn? What will it cause me to think about? What will I reflect back on? And what will I share with others? Stay with me and let's open presents together. Now, let's get into today's topics. And welcome to Loyal World Info. And before I get started today, I wanted to remind people that I am doing uh, a charity thing with uh, Blue Dragons Children's Charity in Vietnam. The information is in the podcast link and also on the YouTube things. Basically, I stated every subscription um, subscriber I get, well, I, I will donate 20,000 dong or equivalent to one U.S. dollar. For the month of May, for the children in need, and so if you like that information, feel free to check it out. And in addition, all these stories and more are all on YouTube, of course. And I'm putting up the international stories on the podcast, but there's many other stories today. Whether they were in gaming, uh, heroes of today, and so forth, those will all be on uh, YouTube as well. So look look for the further stories if you want. And now, let's get into it. Today's news articles. China fishing ban. ASEAN leadership change. VN gets a research grant. Vietnam ships wives. Taiwan baseball goes English. Life without internet. Woman kills herself over a painting. And Little Saigon in action. Now, let's get into it. So, getting into it. China announces summer fishing ban in the southern China Sea. Maybe we should all start by starting to call it the China Southern Sea if they're banning Vietnam and other countries from fishing in their waters according to the United Nations. But let's get into this. China is vowing strict enforcement of its annual summer fishing ban in parts of the contested South China Sea. The ban began Friday and it is likely to be opposed by other claimant nations. The three and a half month ban amid the conserving fish stock extended into an area of the South China Sea up to the 12th parallel. That, that means China demands foreign fishing vessels not participate in any activities in and around the parcel islands and Sarado Shoal, part of the China, South China Sea that Vietnam and Philippines also claim. In the past years, both Vietnam and Philippines have rejected China's rights to enforce the fishing ban over the area. Last year, the Philippines did not comment on the ban directly in the departure from the norm. 
Now, keep in mind, China, the Philippines told the USA to go away. They, they started taking China goods. During the, this epidemic, the Philippines uh, took in a lot of Chinese goods, medical supplies, and they enforced a lot of Chinese policies. So the head president is on really, the Philippines is on really good terms with the China, Chinese Winnie the Pooh. Now, China has not arrested any fishermen from either country in the past for violating its unilaterally declaration ban. It has arrested Chinese fishing vessels that have violated it, though. This year, the Chinese Coast Guard and Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs have announced a campaign to, to more strictly enforce the ban, increasing the pace of the marine time patrol and promising a crackdown on illegal activities. The Coast Guard annually will strictly enforce the ban according to the revival laws of the regulations of the crackdown on crimes and unlawful acts to safeguard the rights of the interests of the marine fisheries and protect the marine ecological environment, state-run news agencies of Friday. According to the Ministry of Agriculture and the CGG, the annual fishing ban outlaws any fishing within China's jurisdiction. The ban co comes as China National People's Committee Congress is drafting a revision of the country's law governing the people's armed policies. China's paramount policy and paramount force under the pro proposed revision, PAP, has expected duties to maritime law enforcing protecting China's right to its sea territories and marine intelligence. The PAP is no longer responsible for disaster response functions like firefighting under the, the revision too. So now if we go on, the UN actually said that the waters at, um, for Vietnam were actually Vietnam waters. So even though the United Nations says one thing, China has disrespected this. And if you recall, two weeks ago, China rammed and sunk a fishing boat in the Vietnam waters. So, but and one difference between the Philippines and Vietnam, Vietnam has not accepted any Chinese medical goods, any cash or anything, due to, after this whole outbreak virus. So they are on better standing terms. Of self-sovereignty than taking a knee for free stuff or favors later. So China said it enacts the fishing ban annually to preserve the fish stock in territorial waters. That's what they say. But keep in mind that when China uh, does fishing, they basically take a big fishing net and they run it across the bottom of the ocean and bring it up. So whatever's there is there and they just take it home. They don't throw anything back. So what are your thoughts on this? Is China being a bully? Is it expressing its power, flexing its muscle? You know, please leave your thoughts. You know, the U.S. has those two warships. But what's a warship going to do? The Chinese would uh, most likely just throw two, three, four Chinese citizens in the water who have the virus. The U.S. by nature would rescue them and infect their whole crew. And then they would dock their ship. And therefore, $1 billion warship are... 500,000 destroyer ship means nothing because you just affected your whole crew. It's just a hunk of metal. So anyway, what, what are your thoughts on this? Do you, th do you think Vietnam or the Philippines will do anything to stand in its way? 
do you think China, again, it's China overbearing? Leave your comments below, like, comment, subscribe. Before we get into the next article, I want to give you a little education background. I want to talk about the member states of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. They actually call this ASEAN, A-S-E-A-N, Association of Southern Asian Nations, okay? Now, there's 10 members. There's Bernie, Cambodia, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, Myanmar, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. And so, it's kind of like uh, NAFTA, North America Free T Trade Agreement, how you have Canada, Mexico, and America. Or it's like the three nation states, which is China, Japan, and South Korea. Now, now, I bring this up because in the ASEAN, every year, they kind of put a different country as a head chief in charge of what direction the, the group will go. So keep that in mind with uh, what we're going to share with our next article. Okay, and let's get into it. So moving on to our article. Will Vietnam be ASEAN's chair for another year? There are rumors that Vietnam wants an extra year as chair to make up for the COVID-19 disruption. Would the rest of ASEAN agree to that? Because keep in mind, it's not like 50-50 um, vote or 60-40. If this happens, every country has to agree. So 100%. So keep, there's nine nations besides them, as I shared earlier. Before Southeast Asia leaders took part in the virtual special ASEAN summit on the COVID disease on April 14th, a rumor was circulating that Vietnam, which holds the rotating ASEAN chair this year, will align, extend its chairmanship for yet another year, several sources tell me. For Vietnam, the coronavirus pandemic has has harmonized the hopes of achieving real change in ASEAN block this year. The Nikki Asvian Review, Tori Takaka, spelled out an article publishing on this April 6th Vietnam's lost year, but extending Vietnam's chairmanship of the bloc for another year would be unprecedented since the chair rotates annually in alphabetical order. Well, that's something I just learned too. It would mean that Bernie would have to delay the chairmanship till 2022. Okay, so and keep in mind that every other country that I mentioned earlier has received Chinese um, goods and services for the, this outbreak. And not only that, they all have trade deals. So if Vietnam was to get it, all nine countries are going to have to vote. But China will just stop trading, stop buying, or not, or say, hey, we gave you medical supplies, so we want favors in return. And they only need one vote to do that. So it's very highly unlikely that it will happen. So after the outbreak, the coronavirus in China in January, rumors began to surface in diplomatic circles that Vietnam was sounding out other ASEAN members with a proposal to extend his term of ASEAN chair for another year. The chair told me, 
Unfortunately, the, the coronavirus prevented ASEAN heads of government from meeting face-to-face, -face, thus depriving Vietnam of the opportunity to determine if there was consensus on the suggestion to extend it. So, what would you think? Now, Vietnam, in the ASEAN framework, they say it actually is, out of the 10 countries, it is the one that uh, most workers are desired to come to to work, whether it's to save money, to work, or best city life, or free life, happiness. Um, and it has a lot less crime and such. So Vietnam had five objectives this year it wanted to do, mainly to do with strengthening regional unity, connections, and partnerships, while some are still achievable, essentially given the prowess of Vietnam's foreign diplomat. Most will have to be inherited by the next ASEAN chair. But there were also major issues in the agenda for Vietnam this year, such as the forging ahead with a code of content between ASEAN and China over the China, South China Sea. Both sides are planned to settle it by 2021. In, China will settle nothing. They, they won't accept no. They expect compliance, sadly. Ordinarily, the ASEAN chair of Vietnam could have spent this year working with other regional states to agree to a policy that is in their own interest, many to suspect that without the force, forceful country like Vietnam in charge of ASEAN side negotiations, Beijing would convince the bloc to adapt a code of conduct that is entirely favorable to China's interest. But if Vietnam cannot inspire some of the consensus this year because of the virus, and if, it is, if the issue isn't settled before next year, then Bernie and ASEAN Chair 2021 might have very different ideas than Hanoi. So again, yeah, this is kind of kind of like America or Australia. Keep in mind that Australia, um, they Australia wants to give money to, well, wants to investigate Vietnam COVID, but then they keep taking money from China. So anyway, what do you think? Do you think that Vietnam should should get another year? Should they bend the rules once to favor Vietnam? Or should rules be rules and we're sorry? Keep in mind, all the other countries have taken Chinese Chinese goods and services help. And they've also taken a lot of their rules. So leave your comments below about this article. I would really be interested in hearing about you. And what do you know about the ASEAN? Do you do you do they have volunteer programs? Do they do donations to help your country? Uh, please put, leave your info below. Like, comment, subscribe. Moving on to more positive notion for the day, the U.S. grants Vietnam 9.5 million to combat COVID-19. Now, Washington, Vietnam will receive an aid package worth 9.5 million to cope with COVID-19, including $5 million for economic assistance funds, according to the Department of State. The funds will be used to provide essential resources for immediate, aggressive, to re re revive the, the privacy sector by minimizing the financial impact caused by the pandemic on small and mid-sized enterprises address the, the non-fictional effects of the SMEs are 
facing with the cooperate with their Vietnamese government shareholders. To strengthen the government bailout intervention, the U.S. aid package would also include a previously announced $4.5 million in medical assistance for the Vietnamese government to prepare a laboratory system and advocate a surveillance system of suspicious cases. It also covers the support for experts in response to the COVID-19 education and community-based engravement to prevent the spread of the disease at entry points and the public health facilities. Over the past 20 years, the U.S. has provided Vietnam with more than $1.8 billion, including more than $706 million for health. Since the outbreak of the COVID-19, the U.S. government has pledged $775 million for medical emergency, humanitarian, economical, and development assistance to help governments international organizations and non-governmental organizations to beat the pandemic. Now, I thought this was awesome because many of you may or may not know. In uh, Vietnam's case, they had like 280 cases of people infected. They had zero deaths and zero, zero real lockdown. So they kind of beat the virus. So it's really good. It shows that their hard work and their fast response has paid off. What do you think about that? Do you think there's something that we can learn from their government or what could they do better? And what do you think about studying hard to do your research? After all, these hard doctors got rewarded for their research. Please leave your comments below. Like, comment, subscribe. Moving on to better, a better, more happy article of the day. More than 3,000 Vietnamese, Filipinos, and Indonesians became Taiwanese in 2019. Now, I visited Taiwan, and I actually worked there for about a year. It was pretty nice. There was more, the food was more aligned with Japan culture than China culture, ironically. Okay. So, in Taipei, according to the Ministry of Interior Statistics, released on Saturday, the total of 3,438 foreign nationals obtained Taiwanese citizenship in 2019, with the vast majority coming from the Southeast nations of Vietnam, Philippines, and Indonesia. A total proportion of 86.1% mentioned their spouse was Taiwanese, and the reason of the change of nationality, with 3.8% the children of Taiwanese parent. So basically, they're mail-order brides, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot, a lot of people do that to, for, for better country and better quality of life. The number, the total number amounted to a drop of 114 compared to 2018. While more than half of the new Taiwanese, or 2,325, came from, from Vietnam, their numbers fell by 152 compared to last year, the largest reduction from any nationality of data shared. The Vietnamese were followed by the Filipinos with 362 according to the Taiwanese passport, uh, and the Indonesians totaled 350. Southeast Asians occupied a share of 95.8% of 3,295 people of all those becoming the Taiwanese. Okay, so 
this is my question. You know, it's kind of funny because if, if you go to Northern California or some places in California, they'll say we make almonds and we, we are the almond producer of the world and we send them to China. So we're known for that. Other countries like um, Vietnam well, and Colombia, they export coffee and they're known for that. And uh, in 2000 to 2000 to 2010, basically the Filipinos were known for exporting wives. But around 2010, Vietnam took over that spot. But the interesting thing about the Vietnamese that should interest you in the West is that they have a 15% divorce rate worldwide. So I, whenever you think of um, getting a divorce or marrying somebody local, part of their culture is, you know what, we export wives. We export our family values, our culture. So that is, you can look that up. Vietnam is one of the five countries in the world with insanely low divorce rates. Um, to top that off, though, you know, is this kind of human trafficking in a way? Sometimes it, it has worked out positively. As an example, I worked in Korea when um, it was like 2011, 2012, when some mentally ill guy came to Vietnam, paid $10,000, bought a wife, took her home, within 10 days stabbed her to death and killed her. And so that created quite an outrage. But because of that, the Korea government put this um, whole program in between learning language, learning culture, and such. Even before that, even in Vietnam and stuff, there were classes for girls, how to cook Korean food, how to cook Japanese food, and stuff like that, because they wanted to leave Vietnam. If you're a Vietnamese person why that has left Vietnam, why? And would you still recommend doing it today? If you are in Vietnam, is this something you would consider doing? And and if you're not Vietnamese or you are, what what do you say? Would you do you think staying in your country and building it up is better, or is it better going overseas and enjoying a life with a culture, a city, a country that's already established? Please leave your like, comment, and subscribe below. Yeah, and one one thing this article did mention: Taiwan did not send any brides overseas. So, yeah, let, so tell me your thoughts on that. Okay. Moving on from wives to baseball, because, you know, sports are fun. Taiwan baseball boosted by Taiwanese dollar, 2 million English language broadcast. So they basically, well, it's about, that's about $66,000, but uh, we'll get into that. Taipei, Taiwan Chinese Professional Baseball League, CPBL, is the only league in the world playing so the Taiwan government said on Wednesday it would stump up 2 million, about 6,500 English language broadcasts until the end of the season. 66,000, yeah, 66,500. So there's basically putting their broadcast in dual language. I don't even think America, uh, NBA, Baseball League, does say even Spanish and um, English, maybe. The CPLB started giving trial to English comment commentaries after the baseball season started April 11th. Games are played being closed in behind closed doors and broadcast live on 11 sports networks and Twitter for the first time since the league began in 1989. Due to the Wuhan uh, vi virus, 
Most sports have shut up shop, including base. This includes baseball, which is not being played professionally anywhere else in the world but Taiwan. So yeah, American NBA, get off your butts. I want to see the Dodgers and the Angels, or can they not compete? They already walked away from the Olympics for us every year. The English broadcast by Richard Wong and the fellow commentator Wong McCall. They have done five English language broadcasts as of April 22nd, as the, the, the games mainly take place in the Taiyao International Baseball Stadium. Nearly five million views have been recorded for the five games on 11 Sports Taiwan. The strong viewing figures have prompted the operator to extend the services for the remaining of the game seasons. After, take, after talking to the home team Brucko Monkeys, the 11 Sports Taiwan Mayor Chung Wu Tom announced that the city would commit $2 million to sponsor English language broadcasts starting May. He said it will enable overseas sports fans to enjoy Taiwan baseball games. So, this is my question for you. So, okay, so if they're doing that, can't American uh, teams play indoors like, like they are? And have you ever followed an indoor sports? But more importantly, what sports do you think could go dual or tri-language to attract new users, whether they're within your home country or overseas sports? Uh, please leave your comments on this. Like, comment, subscribe. I think this is a great marketing tactic to create a bigger market and exposure. On. You know, right now we're living in a time where a lot of the world is attending class outside of school. Most of the world in popular places is doing it through the internet. So, some places don't have the internet though, so they're doing it through TV. But it seems that not everybody can even have a TV and some people are actually resorting to the radio for educational learning. So let's read the story. Live without internet, Boredom students learn by radio during the pandemic. Elementary school teachers in Songra Regency, West Kaman, an Indonesian province on the island of Boruna that borders Malaysia, are using state radio broadcasts by RRI to reach students in their homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. We have various geographic conditions here in Songong. Not all areas have internet. Titus Karaka, a teacher, said in a video conference on the National Education Day on May 2nd, she said many areas had blank spots on terms used to describe places that don't have access to the internet. Schools nationwide have been closed since March 5th, and students have been instructed to learn from home to contain the spread of the virus. Students who live in areas where the internet is readily accessible learn from their teachers through virtual meetings or recorded videos. In addition, the Education and Cultural Ministry has co cooperated with state broadcasting computer TVRI to offer television lessons but those without internet, electricity, or TV require an alternative. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't doesn't a radio require a TV? Oh, I mean electricity. Well, wait. Well, maybe the batteries. Okay, let's see. 
Okay. Tutu's school is using a radio instead. The school is cooperating with the National Radio Broadcast, RRI, to provide an hour-long educational program for which the teacher provides the content. From Monday to Friday, we take turns. The teacher gives all the material through the broadcast. She said, as quoted by Ontario New Agencies, she said all the students were able to access the radio broadcast and teachers were able to spend less money because they did not have to buy additional internet data to cover in internet uploads. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a problem with a video versus, um, say, a video versus a podcast. There's an insane amount of, much bigger, just because they're seeing your face or you seeing you write a problem on a board versus a little five megabyte one hour podcast. Okay. Hanred Mahada, Acting Director of General of Early Education, Elementary and Middle Education, said teachers had to be creative in dealing with the internet or electrical limitations, electricity limitations. We have to think about children who do not have the internet or electricity or television. Several areas use community radios and this is a movement where teachers have to innovate, he said in a press conference on Saturday. So yeah, even in Vietnam, uh, there was like an article like last month where some town finally got electricity. And so there are a lot of places that don't have internet. And that's why Vietnam is teaching through TV. And I would still bet there are some places in Vietnam that have no electricity. So um, that, well, Vietnam also has many blackouts, ruling blackouts. So the reason I thought this was interesting is I remember when I was a kid, this is before the internet, they, uh, I used to listen to a news radio show, like news information, but every night they had like these drama acting shows, like that would tell us 20, 30 minute stories. And so as a kid, I always looked forward to going to bed because I'd hear these stories. So what did you, so what do you think? Do you think the radio has its uses? Is, is this innovative enough? Would you prefer to learn this way? Or do you have another unique way to meet the students' needs who have no electricity and no internet? Please leave your comments below. Like, comment, and subscribe. Okay, moving on. This is an interesting article about a woman commits suicide after posting drawings of Prayut online. For your information, this is a Thailand guy, I guess. But I don't know anything about him. He's the drawing. So, but I, so they say he was a bad person. I don't know why. But maybe you people listeners do. So you can inform me more about why this guy is hated so much. Now on with our story. A young security guard hanged herself after posting a drawing of Prime Minister Preya Chan Cha online and complaining about life under his regime. The suicide of Plavon Amaska, 19, a security guard for Bangkok, drew much public attention. The young woman ended her life after posting online a pencil sketch she made, uh, Penyat, along with a message complaining about the hardship she faced and describing the Prime Minister as heartless. She blamed him for the tough life and troubles 
she and other people have faced under his regime. She regime means rule. She wrote, it's a drawing that I had no desire to continue drawing. I drew it in a fit of depression. Depression is sadness. Having no money to buy milk for my child, I worked 12 hours a day, and yet I had nothing left. I drew it with tears. Okay, that does sound sad, but let's keep reading. Her story made headlines on social, social and mainstream Thai media, but people were surprised on seeing the name of a former Prime Minister Takin Shakawata on the whiteboard at the temple of her funeral was held. Takasha was named the host of the funeral on May 1st. Well, I guess I didn't know this other guy either. Was he a good or a bad Prime Minister? The former Pew Thai Prime Minister insisted that naming Takasha had, as the host had nothing to do with politics. Now was the time for all people to help one another, another he said, according to Kadasho Online. Pla- platform from Kalugasho was found hanged in her room in Bangkok. Her husband, Wiki Kudakum, told police that Platform talked to him on the fo- over the phone and said she intended to hang herself. Intended means that I will. I plan. He immediately left his workplace and rushed to her their room. Uh, on arrival, he found her hanging unconscious. He took her down and tried to revive her, but she did not respond. Now, this is where I have, I have issues with the story. Because she said she wrote, she drew this picture with tears because she had no money to feed her, her child and she worked 12-hour days. But she has a husband, and her husband was working. So, where is the credibility? Why does she have no money? So, that's why I'm a little confused on this. The police and medics rushed to the scene in response to the call, but she died. Platform posted her comments on the drawing on the Plymouth on her Facebook page on April 22nd. One week before her suicide, as news of her death spread, the post went viral. So I have a question for you. Um, has Do you know anybody who who got so depressed with life, whether it was over her mother, father, a prime minister, a president. Like in America, they had all these people, oh, if Trump if Trump gets elected, I'm going to move to Canada. Or if Trump gets elected, I'm going to kill myself. But for the most part, nobody did. So my question is, do you have anybody, do you know anybody who did not like somebody, whether it was a parent or government official, and they did take action? And they kill themselves. Why? Why did they let one person or one event influence them so much? That's what I want to know. It's really hard to base your life around one, one or two things, you know, because life is so, so full of many gifts and many opportunities that you lose them all if you take your life. So please like, comment, and subscribe below. I really would like to know your thoughts on this. So we're moving on to my last international article of the day. Um, a tsunami of kindness. Vietnamese Americans launch nationwide giving campaign. 
Now, most of this is going to take place in Little Saigon, California. And this kind of uh, struck me because this week I already started going back to the classroom and teaching children in Vietnam. In doing so, I actually taught them where Little Saigon was. So it's nice that I can do a small article about them today. What began as a Wim Chow holiday on sightseeing and tapers bars, a dark term. Nguyen saw the coronavirus pandemic swiftly take hold into those countries. Back in Orange County, Orange County, California, and self-quarantining, he felt he had seen a glimpse of America's future. The numbers of infections and deaths were rising exponentially abroad. And by the end of the month, news spread that the medical centers in Spain and Italy were overwhelmed and their doctors and nurses began begging the governments to provide more masks and gloves. At the same time, he saw his longtime friends in the little Saigon nail industry, including Johnny Go and Well Spa Salon Furniture's store in Huntington Beach, uh, Nam Nagun advocate, advocate Beauty College of Garden Grove and Laguna Hills, and Christy Nagun Tassa Studios Nagabar, struggling with businesses yet thinking about how they could rally the community to donate their mask to the healthcare workers. Ted Nagun knew how to help elevate their efforts. He is his, the manager of a public communications and media relations for the Orange County Transportation Authority. Well, that's a pretty big one. Uh, they basically run um, the trains and the buses, OCTA. So he organized a media campaign to help those friends with large networks in the local Vietnamese American businesses community, community executed. In 10 days in early April, he collected 120,000 medical grade masks and 300,000 gloves locally. And the market value approximately of $3 million. Wow, those, those things are expensive. Giving back the, is embedded in the Vietnamese culture. That is very true. They're very giving and kind and happy. Before COVID-19, there there were always multiple social events every weekend, he said. But these social events were always fundraisers, different causes. It's an amazing culture of giving that often, that's often untold because people are so humble when they give back. When the Nailing it, volunteers saw the swelling of support. They wanted to do more. Well, you know, we're America. You want to outshine uh, your competitor, kind of. On April 23rd, 20 local Vietnamese restaurants joined their efforts and delivered 20,000 meals to medical centers, grocery stores, workers, senior facilities, and shelters, and others in need. There's your Vietnam pride for you. One organization they partnered with the OC Asian Pacific Islander Community Alliance, which shows low-income communities of color in Orange County. According to the co-founder, the organization has seen its volume of the calls triple during the pandemic, so more people needed help. 
uh, where, where folks were struggling with their mental health, asking for help applying for unemployment insurance or working, worry about taking assistance would be considered public charge and jeopardizing their immigration and citizenship statuses. You know, I'm going to stop right there because I, I am a social worker and this kind of just made me think I could make a video or two on how to help people file for unemployment because it is a lot of paperwork and I do know how to do it and maybe I'll do that later this week. Um, the OPEC distributed the mills among clients, including homeless youth that had appointments in their office, but also used it as opportunity for the caseworkers to check the clients' persons for delivering their food. We reach out to the community members who already feel isolated, explained full. Maybe they don't have access to the internet or English is their second language, where they might feel linguistically isolated. She points to some elderly clients who are afraid to leave their house because they heard about the elderly Asian man attacked in San Francisco and the Buru's parents and children stabbed in Texas. I didn't know about those, but it does not surprise me. Closer to home, a video of two Garden Grove students taunting Vietnamese American classmates by shouting coward cronus at them during a school's cultural assembly went viral in March and made people feel helpless, she said, and the meal given to them, especially knowing that these restaurants are under so much pressure facing challenges and made even going to out to the businesses that they still thought of them. People were very touched. So, yes, I, I do encourage everybody, okay, that's in America, wherever, you know, maybe your store can't serve food right now or whatever, but you, you can offer to buy, I guess, a gift certificate. Like, hey, can I, can I give you $20 now and you give me a gift certificate for later? Or can I give you $20 so you can feed some homeless person down the road? You know, you can do things, even if you're locked down or semi-locked down. This is the time to shine. The restaurants were challenged to make 1,975 items in honor of the 45th anniversary of the fall of Saigon. Yes, that happened a few days ago on April 30th. The April 30th uh, is, is a milestone date for us that will be forever etched into our heart. Ted Nagoon said that that was a date that Saigon fell, but also the date that we became born as Americans because of the generosity of the sponsoring families. Now, this is always touching to me because look at how these, these, these people, they give to their community and they're helping everybody out. But then you got people on the southern border in California who will just walk in and say, give me, give me, give me. And they, they also know English. So I, I admire these people that, that try to assimilate. But then five Ted... Ted grasping the teddy bear way, but both Ted and and his fathers South v from South Vietnamese Navy who had to leave immediately on April 30th when the Saigon fell because they would would have been targeted by the Viet Cong. Then five, Ted Nagon grasped with the teddy bear that would inspire the American nickname Ted 
and his family ended up at Camp Pendleton, conveniently where Ted Tamnagoon's father also learned after he was separated from his pregnant wife of one-year-old son, Tam. Tam Nagoon's family would be reunited a few months later in Santa Cruz. Ted Nagoon's family ended up in the desert of the Sierra Vista, about 50 miles from the Mexican border. That's pretty hot. His family went door-to-door asking neighbors if he could paint their homes. His mother sewed clothes, and they that was how they built their new American lives. Whenever I see someone with a, a t-shirt or a hat that identifies them as a Vietnam War veteran, I always tell them I want to thank them for their service. And he said, choking up, you're the reason I'm here. I don't even know half of what you've been through, but your sacrifice allows me to follow, allows me and my family to be here and to be successful. We told our fa- ourselves as a family that we'll never forget that we were always try to give back to the community and to do the country that embraced the refugees that we when we go when we had nowhere to go. That's stated that helling the healthcare workers, their logo shaped a nail filing has evolved into nailing it for America. Oh, that's a nice name. Yeah, Nail Salon Nailing It for America. Last week, this event was not the only chance for the local community to donate, but a call out to Vietnamese America communities across the nation to join them on April 30th for a third expeditionary larger wave of giving. Uh, And the communities were significant. The Vietnamese population of San Jose, that's an expensive territory, to New York, Houston, San Diego responded. Charity, okay, so these people, the largest nail chain in the country, pledged to donate 1,975 masks. Um, the, another Houston nail lounge that's across Orange County, LA County, they pledged another 1,975 worth of manicures for frontline workers. Oh, I like that. Um, Moving on to Irvine and Newport Beach, they'll be donating 1,975 waxing and polishing services for frontline workers. Well, I all right, that's nice. I like getting my fingers waxed. Um, that's about $40,000. That's awesome. One of our partners said, it was like a tsunami of kindness, he said, quoting Tyler Nguyen. He, he, the meats who donated 400 pounds of chicken to the recess room last week. All right, so he's feeding them. Good. Hopefully, the chicken goes to Faga, which is um, chicken folk. Um, the Mediterranean style, so for the South Vietnamese heritage and freedom flag, a yellow background with a horizontal red stripes. Simbong Restaurant, Viet Pham, and Fountain Valley. I know Fountain Valley, that's kind of close to my house, Little Saigon. And Huntington Beach, uh, the vegan calf said they, they will be doing um, volunteering team for family and friends to execute the chef Grant Harris pulled a three all-nighters creating 1,975 boxes of chicken and roast vegetable corsairs. Mm, yum. That's a turmeric and saffron infused to make the yellow with three stripes of chili peppers. Coral sauce. Okay. 
and 1,975 spring rolls. Oh, okay. oh man, now I want to go back to America because I can't find spring rolls in my current city. I feel deprived. With the call for freedom rolls. Well, there we go. Uh, Tremendous basil, tofu, and three bell pepper stripes packaged with other ingredients in the rice wraps. The press room began the free, free food Fridays every week since the countrywide health and ordered the shutdown of non-essential businesses on March 17th. Technically, these meals, technically these meals are for the kids and seniors, but they haven't turned a person away indeed. They've donated 5,000 meals so far. At 4 a.m., they were back at it again, this time making 500 boxes boxes of Corsairs of 500 Freedom Rolls to donate. The fam grew up in the restaurant industry and their mother, Kim Hua, started Westminster-based Vietnamese restaurant in the 1990s. I don't really think about all the things restaurants are going through now, Vietnam said, of the difficulties, including their own mass furloughs. For me, we're, we're really blessed to be in the position to help people. He thinks about the parents and grandparents when they were ready to board the ship with the capacity to take 130 people out of Vietnam, found themselves in the harbor with about 1,000 refugees. The captain didn't want to, to turn away a single person. My mom taught me the world doesn't care if you, if you think about doing good or intend to or even commit to it. He said, it only cares if you act upon doing good. And right now, we need more action. So give it now. Figure it out later. That's very impactful. The market value of all donations they've collected in the, this month add up to $30 million, And the gifts are linked to Vietnamese American communities are almost almost every state in the country. I call li Little Saigon, not so Little Saigon. <laughs> so it it's not only st stretches across Westminster, Garden Grove, Fountain Valley, Santa Ana, and now Huntington Beach, he said, but also the largest Vietnamese disposia is serves as uh, a pincher influencer of Vietnamese American communities across America. And it's important for us to do well but it is important for us to share and tell our story, she said. We want to continue that we are doing this because we are Americans. We have to get through this together as a nation, protecting ourselves and looking out for the most vulnerable. So what do you think about um, this generosity and not just a family or a person or even a business, but a whole community of a, like a whole region of cities, a whole country coming together? Have you ever been part of something like that? Or would you like to help doing something like that? Please leave your comments below. Like, comment, or subscribe. Remember, taking action is what's most important. It doesn't matter if you want or you think. It's the action you do. So, to keep that in mind, subscribe. Hi. The small clip you saw was brought to you by Loyal World News. If you like what you saw, you should subscribe and tune and look up my daily Loyal Real News report for its full version. If you don't want to watch it on YouTube, prefer to be on the road, I also have a podcast in, in every full-length video I put up.